0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. And folks, what we're going to be talking about today is going to be how to attract listings. Better yet, not only how to attract listings, but how to outshine and compete against all the interruption that's trying to take your uh, livelihoods away. If you haven't seen the writing on the wall yet, there's big tech, there's big money, there's everybody and their mothers coming out to try to remove the real estate agent from the equation. And because so many of these marketing dollars are being spent, what consumers are hearing is real estate agents are a big waste of money right now. Um, they're not worth the commission they charge. And if you've been on a listing presentation this year and you lost it, or if you lost a deal this year to an iBuyer, an alternative way of selling a property to a rebate brokerage, this show is for you because this is going to continue to... Uh, happen. So I'm here with my partner, Dustin Frades, Um, and we're going to break this down for you guys on how to apply and why you should look at multiple listing options and redefining your listing strategy um, and compete back. Because if you don't, you're going to be out of business. The same thing has happened um, in so many different industries. And there's changes here, interruptions here, and you either have to adapt or you shit out of luck. You get the fuck out. That's what it is. There's no nice way to put this. And I'm not going to tell you guys this to be scared, but I'm just going to tell you what we see coming down the pipe. Like we've been talking about this for five years and it's finally here. So you have to compete back and you have to open your eyes and see what's going on. So uh, let me introduce Dustin. Dustin's been on the show a couple of times. Dustin is my partner uh, in the listing advocate Um, listing advocate. uh, For those of you that want to check that out further, this is a, um we launch a new course we launch a new business model and it's basically on what we're going to chat about today if you guys have further interest in taking that course getting certified or whatnot you can visit us at listingadvocate.com but why we put it together was um, for everything we're going to talk about today um dustin um won't tell you this but um, i will he's really successful at attracting um, listings, but he's not a real estate agent by trade. He's more of an investor, although he owns a brokerage. He is more of an investor. So Dustin brings in um, a very interesting mindset because he sees exactly how to generate seller leads. And the number one question I get today is how do you generate seller leads? Well, you talk to a guy like Dustin. All right. So we're going to go out and talk about that a little bit. But before we get into the nooks and crannies, I want to share with you guys, there's really, um, this is all about differentiating yourself um, from the competition. What do you do differently? If you're a real estate agent right now, what's the difference between you and other real estate agent? Dustin, if I were to ask any of your agents in your brokerage, that question, how many of them can actually answer it? And I'm not talking about, you can't say, Oh, I provide good service. I care for my clients. Well, no shit. You should. That doesn't count.
1: No, very few can actually answer that question in in the way that it should be answered. But uh, you know, it's a leading question. Of course, you're looking for a unique selling proposition. And so, so uh, a couple of the realtors, you know, we have a really good looking realtor. He used to play for an NFL team. And so that really good looking realtor, he's got a hook, you know, and, and I there unfortunately don't share in those looks. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, what we're here to talk about is, is what I do do really well. And, and since 2003 to today, I've been amassing a portfolio of single family homes, a small portfolio of single family homes. But what we're referring to is that we're creating a opportunity to Be our own business model over and over and over. We own about 50 houses or so, and we use what's called a reverse 1031 exchange to buy, renovate, and sell houses inside of our portfolio. It's it's family money, it's a partner in Utah, it's a couple other guys. And and so, regardless, I get the commissions, and I'm not a good realtor. I'm a good, I know how to get home sellers to raise their hand and want to engage with me. After that, I'm not good at the job. I have to send other people to the house and say, hey guys. Here's what you need to do. And so that's where the realtor comes in. And Mike, I'll tell you that we've been most successful using the cash offer since 2003 to get home sellers to interact with us because we had something different than what the realtor had, right? And 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 so that difference is everything. So a lot of my realtors will not be able to say they have a significant difference. Don't get me wrong. We own a brokerage in Scottsdale and we have some really good realtors, but but that have been learning with us for some time, right? Of course, uh, there this is a new information for our teams. Yep. So yeah, there's, go ahead, please. There's, there's
0: two ways to differentiate yourself, you guys. And one is either going to be through brand, Like what Dustin was referencing, you're that smoking hot realtor and oh, there's that good looking realtor. That's how they remember you. Right. Or, you know, there's that realtor that's got a face made for radio Um, or no, there's that realtor that um, there's that old realtor or no, there's that video. That's that realtor. is always on video or there's that realtor. That's always a dude. People remember your brand. That's usually what differentiates yourself. But the only other way to differentiate yourself in the marketplace, at least in my opinion, is going to be on what you offer. And unfortunately, what everyone offers today, um, and let's, let's stick it to the listing side specifically, is, hey, here's, and here's the traditional model. Here, here, hey, Mr. Seller, this is my listing plan. I'm going to list it on the MLS. It's 5 or 6% commission, no, no negotiations whatsoever, and this is what I'm going to do with you. This is the only way to sell your house. That's what 99% of our competition
1: offers right now but and then the homeowner sees six of those same offers over and over and over and over. And what would you do? It. You'd go with the good looking one. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> <it's>, uh... <laughs>
0: yes. That's, that is fucking funny. Um, but here's, here's the point. All right. So we're talking about, if you look at all of the buyers that have come into the marketplace, virtually wherever you reside in practice at in virtually every city, there are multiple uh, seller solutions. There's multiple ways for sellers to sell their house and Uh, What we're going to chat about today is how to embrace those offers to enhance your value proposition as a listing agent so that you can attract other people. So the question that um, where we're going to start with this is we're going to talk about multiple offers, but we're going to start about um, why we're doing them. Okay, why we have to sell with multiple options today and why you should is because it gives optionality to the, the transaction, Nobody wants to be told what to do. They want to see all their options and then be empowered to decide for themselves. So there's really no sale involved when you're selling through solutions. And that's what we're going to chat about today. So what is a multiple offer listing solution? So what I'm talking about is have several listing options. I'm not talking about just have the one commission plan. I'm talking about have a fix in list, have a trade in offer, have five or six different ways to sell a property for a seller. Okay, and we're gonna go. Let me interject
1: on that one because because we we have we've had the listing offer in Arizona for forever since you know real estate existed. Uh, The cash offer we've been running since 2003, and a lot of my friends in the real estate investor world they're really good at that. And and our market is almost immune to the cash offer, right? And we're a unique specimen because all of the real estate disruptors are here fighting each other for you know market share. So imagine fighting these guys on, on a full-time basis, but we're a unique specimen. In other markets, cash offers are working really, really, really well. And so that's I just wanted to interject that in your market, you have to have multiple offers because the cash offer will get boring after a while for the consumer base also. So it's bringing in an omnipresence to the real estate communication sequence with the homeowner.
0: So one of the options you need to have in your um, arsenal um, going forward, we believe is a cash offer. Why? Because everyone wants an instant offer. It's not that they're going to take the offer. It's just that you have it. Because as long as you have it, what's the difference between you and Open door? What's the difference between you and Zillow buyer? What's the difference between you and Redfin Eye buyer? Right? You have to have an instant offer. but mainly, Dustin will go on 100 appointments and he might buy eight of those. okay? A very large percentage of properties are never going to take the cash offer because it's going to be low. And truthfully, they're going to be able to get more money retailing the property. A cash offer is you, the reason why investors pick up cash, and so many listings all the time and properties for sales, because they're putting their cash offer in front of distressed people. They're putting their cash offer in front of people that really need to sell the fucking house immediately. And that's why they're, so they're motivated. That's why they're so good at selling, but why couldn't we do the same thing? So if we have a guy like Dustin, instead of me being a real estate agent and trying to own the world and float my own ego, doing it all by myself, why wouldn't I partner with like a guy like Dustin that has Uh, That's doing a lot of deals because when Dustin comes across a hundred deals, only eight work for him. So what the hell are we going to do with the other 92? That's still a damn listing lead. Right. And most of those listing leads want what more money. Well, we have a solution for that. Right. So the key here is like what we're getting at is that if we have multiple ways to sell properties, we also have multiple ways to market our brands.
1: That's
0: right. So A cash offer, folks, uh, you have to match what the iBuyers are doing today. It's not that they're going to use it, it just gives you another arsenal. I mean, the let, agent- me,
1: let me interject on yeah. that one piece. So that cash offer is, is critical in and of itself, but the, what the iBuyers are all trying to do is create confusion in the homeowner, right? And so that they, they hopefully reach out to them. But guess what? Those iBuyers only have one offer also. So that's what this is, this is all about, is that that cash offer, <clears throat> yes, you're going to bring a cash offer from, let's say, Open Door. We've got a great relationship with Open Door at yep. Listing Advocate. So they bring the cash offer from Open Door, but that's not where you stop you know bob the investor and bob the investor is really trying to build a portfolio of houses for his college kid and he's paying more than open door right and so open door is is trying to establish market presence in naricopa county but they're not paying the same type of market premiums that they are in in other markets because they have to make money too yeah you know? so, so dustin, bring dustin multiple, options.
0: multiple cash buyer investors you could have an ibuyer cash investor but you could have mom and pop investors like dustin that can offer more than what a cash buyer would. They're more flexible. They have more options. The point being is that you have to start working with investors, one for the listing positioning, for the positioning of your brand, just say you have it. But for two, for the strategic relationship period, um, the investor will give you deals and guess what? You'll give them deals too. But when an investor buys a house, dude, you're gonna get the listing on the back and you should, or at least that should be the arrangement. I mean, that's what it would be in my world. Um, but cash offers is just one option, right? It's not going to work the vast majority of the time. The next option I, I'm really excited about is called a fix and list option. All right? So the question is, is like when you meet with a seller at a property and they don't like your 5% plan or your 6% plan, or in this case, your cash offer, what do you do? Tuck your tail and fucking walk out the door? No, you don't stop trying to get the deal. You got to have another solution. Okay, yeah. Mr. Seller. So let me explain what a, a fix and list program is. It's basically, um, there's companies in your market right now that'll lend Your seller, basically the money to pay for the contractors to do the work prior to them listing the house. Now this work could involve them ripping out a whole kitchen. It could just be as simple as replacing floors, or it could be as simple as having a paint job, or it could be pretty extensive. Maybe they're doing landscaping, ripping out the kitchen, and they're doing the floors. It doesn't matter. It's up to you to decide what kind of work you want to do. It just matters on what pencils or what doesn't. So now I could go to a seller and say, hey, Dustin or Mr. Seller, sorry, you don't like Dustin's offer right now. He can only offer $450,000 because, see, Dustin's an investor. And because he can only do this, he'll lose money if he offers you anymore. So he can't do it. He's not a bad guy. He just can't do it. But now I understand what you want to do, and I understand your motivations. And if you're telling me that you want to sell your house for $520,000, like, I'm I'm sorry, but right now it's not in that condition. However, I could get you $520,000 if you fixed up. Uh, got rid of the shag carpeting, popped in the granite, stainless steel appliances and all that. The problem is that just by look, that's probably going to be about $12,000. Do you have that cash, Mr. Seller? Mr. Seller is going to say, fuck no, I don't have the cash because no one's liquid. And then you're going to say, grass what? I have a solution for you anyways.
1: That's it. it. And it's such a fun situation because what you've done is you've done the good cop, bad cop, like, all negotiations. You see the good cop, bad cop in every TV show, and 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 they're playing off of each other. They're watching for a reaction, and then they're reacting accordingly. Like so, the, so in the good cop, bad cop scenario, the bad cop already lost, and so now you're the good cop, right? And so it's it's like uh, it's it, it you set up your own success by letting the investor say, well, here's why I have to make this amount of money. This is the profit this is the construction, and this is what's called the after repair value. And you guys have to understand the after repair value as a a metric in your local market. What is the maximum that the house is going to be worth after you spend X number of dollars? So when the investor explains that number of after repair value, and then you come in as the hero saying, hey, listen, I can also get you that number, but you got to come up with this money, but you don't have to because I have another solution. So take it off from there, Mike.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. There's nothing like it's, it sells itself, right? You're at a listing appointment and you're like, here, I have one offer for you. Here's this. The yeah, Seller gets pissed. and You're like, all right, well, if you really want this, we could do that. But here's what I need to make it happen. Again, what we're doing is we're selling through solutions. We're selling through service and we're just providing solutions and let them decide. I believe every single brokerage in America will have a cat or a fixed and list program within two to three years. They're going to have to. Have to. Um, plus it's a huge profit center. Why the fuck wouldn't you? I'm a broker. It's the number one thing I'm doing right now. You're going to recruit your face off. You're gonna have a ton of agents wanting to work at your brokerage. Plus you're going to be making another, I'm not going to disclose pricing or anything, but you could be making another couple points. One point, I don't know, whatever it is, just lending, just, Enacting the program, so we won't
1: we won't go into details. But even your local investor would do this type of deal with you if you have a really high quality general contractor that you know does the best job in your local market. The debt structure on financing that the realtor would consider doing that if they knew how this game actually worked on a financing perspective. So we're hint, talking about the hint. listing advocate, real, you know, become a, 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 a listing advocate. We'll teach you all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So realtors might
0: actually have like a construction arm. Interesting. Um, all right, next option, um, trade in. Um, this has been a lot of iBuyers offering this, this option. This is their unique selling proposition. The problem is it's all they're offering. So in certain types, so a trade-in offer would be something like, um, someone who's got to sell and buy a house at the same time. That's very hard to make work in a low inventory market. So what do you do? So a trade-in offer is really simple. What people do is a, um, investor comes in, they qualify the seller. The seller qualifies, they go out and become their bank essentially, and allow them to buy their next house in cash and they finance it and bankroll it. Once the seller moves into their new house, then they'll list and fix up the old house so that they avoid the showings, they avoid the timing, they avoid the whole headaches of the buy and sell at the same time, and then they'll sell their house and they get their you know, proceeds at that point or they refinance out. There's several ways to do it. However, it's
1: just a problem that's going to be solved.
0: Yeah. However, there's going to be a cost for convenience though, Dustin, isn't
1: there? At the big time, so I was just going to interject that 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 is the simplest thing in the entire world. Most people are scared to sell their house because of the unknowns, right? So the cash offer brings that certainty, right? Most yeah. people are scared to sell their house because they don't want to uh, buy another house and find that perfect house and then have two mortgage payments. So there's just so much friction involved in those two scenarios that. It's, it's these it's in the, in the end, it's the same numbers. It's the same money. It's the same game. It's the framework of how you help the homeowner understand what their options are. You know? Right.
0: So let's just look at the marketing side of that. Uh, I think I've rattled off three programs. Let's just look at how I can market all three of those programs and how they would relate and touch different people. This trade-in offer. Hey, are you, are you wanting to move from your house? Cause it's just too small, but you can't because there's just nowhere for you to go. Well, I have a solution for you. Great. You just got my attention. On the other hand, is your house, what if you could sell your $400,000 house for $500,000? Would you do it? Well, you can. Great. It's a sexy offer. You want to sell your house fast in 10 days, seven days, no showings, no nothing, just cash offer, no problems, cash out right now. Here's your cash offer solution. Each one of those solutions has a different way to market it. Therefore, it has a different way to attract in more sellers. Um, But we're not done yet. My business.
1: Oh, go ahead, please. No, go go ahead. Well, I was gonna say in my business, it translates to your cost per contract acquisition, right? So how much is it gonna cost me to get a seller in contract? And, and we'll give you just a couple of examples. In our call center, our cost per contract was 1,100 bucks and pay-per-click our cost per contract was 2,700 bucks. There are different paid mailers, it was $3,700. So there's incremental ways, but what Mike just described is so critical. You're getting the home seller to raise their hand under what fears they have in their mind. What is my problem? what solution are you able to market to the home seller and get them to raise their hand, that drives us down your cost per lead, which drives down your cost per listing contract. I heard an interesting statistic that uh, realtors would love to be uh, a cost per contract at a half a percent. right? That would be a really, really great cost per contract and using your sphere of influence and things like that, you're definitely going to be able to get that done, right? Um, now, your cost per listing, when you're outside of your sphere of influence, when you're doing farming, you can expect a more expensive uh, uh, cost per contract, but Mike, how much does an average realtor work off, make off of one listing? There's a cycle of business, that a, a, a waterfall of business that happens after that first listing, which is why listings are critical to any realtor's business.
0: Yep. Um, they would, um, their referral base. Yeah. There's a couple ways you can market this. Like you just market it to your referral, just put it in there. You become more referable. Like, trust me, if you help someone flip their own house and they make an $80,000 more, that person is going to send you like three or four more people in the next 12 hmm. months. <laughs> it's like,
1: <come laughs> on, <dude. laughs> and if
0: not, you're just, they're just a total dick. Like yeah. when you help someone so well and they, they become your fan, um, they'll buy your shit and then they'll tell other people about it. It's why this podcast has done so well. Like people like our content, right? We, we tell it how it is. And then in exchange, you guys come and buy some of our shit. That's how this business works. It's all business works. So um, let's keep going with some more of these programs. Uh, let's do sell and stay.
1: Yeah, how many people Dustin
0: right now? And let's explain this a little further to people, but how many people right now? Cause you have a, uh, you have all the data. Dustin's a data nerd. He knows every statistic you could imagine. How many I people right now in Maricopa County do you think would probably want to leave if they could, but they can't because they have nowhere to go?
1: Uh, A lot of them would love to sell their house if they could, right? But they can't because they can't find another house, if that's what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Let me phrase that. How many people would like to cash out of their house right now, but not leave it, just rent it back?
1: Uh, many, 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 especially the aging population. Right? They they see this market. They they are concerned about the, our political environment. They're concerned about what the future holds. Uncertainty. Right? Yeah. And so. If they can cash in right now today and then they know they're going to be in a home or maybe back in Chicago with their family or maybe, you know, uh, uh, maybe no longer with us. Right. So they they, they want that three year buffer to kind of just slowly figure things out into the next phase of life. And it feels better to be in your home than someone else's home when you're figuring out the next phase of Life, or therefore, so that's that's example number one. But let's take an, a, a working class executive family, right? And so you have a, a two income family, and and they are doing so many different things, but they have some credit card bills because of a medical emergency or car issue or whatever that is. And so cash right now, in light of coronavirus, in light of their failing restaurant, in light of whatever life throws in their way, um, is is helpful. So if they can keep the sanity of their kids' school, right. And they can keep the sanity of the rest of life and they can get a big fat stack of cash, then it's a win, 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 win. You know, so that's what we're excited about the selling say. So that's a wins from the, the consumer side, the home seller side. But think about it from my perspective. I get a house to purchase. It comes with a tenant that loves the house. They already know all the problems with the house. I'm not going to have to spend, we spend up to $45 a square foot doing a cosmetic remodel, right? So I'm not going to have to spend large amounts of money uh, remodeling the house in order to get the tenant in there in order to make money. So it's such a beautiful situation for the uh, the investor. And it's such a beautiful situation for the homeowner. You can't not have that in your arsenal because how appealing is that? Like all the other ones that we've talked about.
0: So um, I think it would just create a whole lot of calls that would never have come in otherwise because most people don't know they could do that. So sell and stay is basically the investor comes in and buys the house and then the seller stays there and they release it back. Simple as that um ideal I'll for I'll tell you that
1: there's national companies that are doing that right now I have a good friend uh, we we'd love to introduce him in the uh, comments or however you do that Mike but so we have a good friend that's running a sale, sell and stay offer and he's selling those sell and stays to an institution and everything's everything this is a really good business opportunity for everybody you know so uh help these investors buy houses by helping your customers that's exactly what it
0: is um sell and stay fix and list trade in um Let's talk about reverse mortgage really quick. Um, anyone who's concentrating in that sixty-two plus uh, market, if you're dealing with fifty-five plus and just older people in general, reverse mortgage is just a gigantic opportunity for tra- to transact. Um, not every situation will turn into a transaction for you. Um, you could count on it turning into a referral for sure. However, um, some of them, you know, reverse mortgage basically just turns your um, house into an ATM machine. And you don't have to qualify based upon income. You qualify based upon the equity you have. So it's like they write a pro forma on the asset being the home. And then the person does needs a heartbeat basically to get approved for it. So it's something that most people and agents don't know about. But if you're in a, like probably Maricopa, Arizona's probably got, it's a shitload of old people of out there, right? So same thing. If you're in the market, San Diego has a ton. They have a huge problem here with all of the older population, can't get out of their houses. And I did a podcast with this uh, reverse mortgage guy and he's, um, he's a killer here. But he tells me on the podcast, he's like, dude, I don't have enough help. Like I need realtors knocking on doors to go help all these people because there's just not enough of us. And he's like, dude, he told me there's about 40,000 people that are in San Diego County that have an equity position. I think it was like 50 or 60% or higher. So imagine that all that equity is just tied up sitting there, not doing anything. And most people don't know they can access it. So what do you think people are going to do with that equity? They're going to go buy a new house. They're going to downsize the house. Yeah. They're going to the right-side they house. wanted.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. They don't They're want gonna... to be there. This is too hard. This is too, the two-story homes with older population. I mean, their kids are nagging at them to get out of that two-story house because of the last fall that they had, right? It's How could I it's... market
0: something like that? Hey, is mom and dad 62 years of age, and they just are sitting on a boatload of equity, but they don't know what the fuck to do with it? Like come on guys look at look at all look at the marketing opportunity. See, I look at this as a marketing play. Um it's it's a business move, but it's a, it's a giant marketing funnel because regardless of what option people inquire about, they're all going to end up being a regular listing. A lot of them, not all of them, a lot of them.
1: Cuz there's going to be a cost of like- convenience. I'll tell you, we're we're doing twenty to sixty thousand home seller leads a month on a national basis, and they're all generated off of instant offer web forms. And we look back at the past three years of data, we are seeing that nine out of ten of these leads are going through traditional sales funnels. Even though they came off of a cash instant offer web form, they're going through traditional sales processes. So so these are these are, Extremely valuable CarMax style. I heard you on a podcast, Mike, say CarMax. It was the one of the most creative, innovative solutions in the car world in a very, very long time. And that's what's happening with these real estate disruptors. And so I have never bought a car from CarMax. There are a lot of people that buy cars from CarMax. And so there's still uniqueness in the Pumans and, you know, but net, net these people are typically going to look for the most amount of money unless they have a significant motivation flag. So let me just insert one more point here. When we're looking for home sellers, we're looking for four primary points. Now that the price, the current condition, the, the terms, and uh, what am I looking for? And the motivation, right? So the, the price, how much are they looking for? Are they being realistic? What is the condition of the house? How much is it going to worth? What is the motivation of the, the, the person to sell? Are they need money? Are they going through a divorce? Do they have to move their grandma back in town? And then what am I missing on the last one? Um, timeline. Do they have to do that in, in one week or three weeks or four months or two years? You know. And, and once you know that information, you can help solve solutions.
0: Yep. Think about, it. imagine just selling um, all of your, you know, just meeting with the seller being like, all right, so I have a couple different options. Based on what we spoke about today, Mr. Seller, um, you have to sell this house. We can explore the trade-in option. I don't know if that's quite going to do it for you. Um, I also see a, couple, a little bit of opportunity around your house. Like, and don't take offense to this, Mr. Seller. Like, the, the appliances, like, I would recommend we put stainless in. Let's get rid of the white because we're going to sell it for more money. And then the stuff like in the paint, like your kid's green bedroom, sorry, no one likes Acto cooler green. We're going to have to paint that neutral as well. And I also need to replace the carpets and whatnot. If we do that, I think we could get like an extra 25K. The problem is going to be is that's going to take a couple months. And uh, as long as you have time, I would recommend that. But if you don't have time, we got to look at another option.
1: Well, let me, let me, you, you know that ahead of time, right? So know what their timeline is, know what their motivation is, know what their real primary driving factor is because you would solve that solution. As soon as you know what that is, you know?
0: Well, that's it. We're selling through solutions. Um, where just like an investor is people tend to put these big, bad, evil, these investors in these big, bad, evil categories. If you ever, the and, but if you ever look at the people that, uh, the, the sellers, the investors that the sellers sell to, they love them. Like how many people have told Dustin will buy a house from somebody pennies on the dollar. Most of us would be on the outset here being like, Dustin's a dick. He just fucking took, took advantage of
1: that seller. No, he didn't. He just saved their lives. Yeah. I had sold to an attorney, very, very sophisticated, great guy. We had a beer after we were done with the contract. He knew exactly what he was getting into. I helped him clear out all of his mom's furniture I, I found a, a, a proper, uh, you know, a company that will take care of all of these things. I gave him a contract that he had certainty that my five thousand dollars was non-refundable. So it's it's that certainty, and that's what he needed, right? And so that exchange of certainty for dollars, and a very sophisticated attorney decided to make that exchange. But then we'll take a a, a much 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 less sophisticated human. So Her name was, let's go ahead. let's
0: go through that in more detail. So you, you bought a house of a uh, mother passed.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the mother passed a, a,
0: hoarder situation, just disgusting, right?
1: No, no, not the this situation. She had knickknacks everywhere, mm-hmm. and those knickknacks had value. And the attorney couldn't get over the the like picking apart the value, one piece, one piece by one piece by one piece by one piece. So he just like started closing his eyes to the whole situation, you know?
0: And think about that. Like that's a perfect scenario. Like that guy, he's an attorney. He's probably well off. He's not like starving for money, right? Mm-mm. He no, could have, rich. he could have done all the work himself. He could have hired it out himself. Did he really want to? No,
1: not even a little bit.
0: He was happy to be, you know, and he's probably happy cause he probably inherited that house and probably whatever he's going to walk away with whatever uh, this happens in probate all the time. You guys like their siblings, either are total dicks to each other. Um, and they fight over dollars and pennies, or they just want it gone because they just want to move on and just forget about the loss of their parent or whatever that may be. Um,
1: Sometimes we end up calling people that didn't even know that they owned a house, you know. Where so we're I'm a data guy, I'm a data nerd. Remember, so I'm tracking these people and I'm seeing what's happening and then I'm stacking events. And when I'm stacking those events up, I can tell that there's going to be a move. You know that we can predict someone moving out of their house in a six month period with an eighty five percent accuracy. Right. So that's not distressed or motivated or any of those. We just know that the occupant is doing all these things online and they have all these profiled algorithmic ways to say these people are going to move. So we just put a target on those people. And like we've been talking about, create a solution. Makes sense.
0: Um, What else would you tell uh, any real estate agents um, about multiple solutions? And what do you see as an investor? Like what's the future look like for you? And not for you potentially, but like the listing options, sellers in general. Like yeah, so like I mean
1: the, the the sellers the sellers are looking for the convenience of the transaction. Everybody we're in the we're in the Instagram times, baby. You know, you, you can't even get to a point across unless it's in seven seconds or less right now. So we have to be able to solve problems and solve problems quickly. And so us as realtors, we're we're still looked as 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 figureheads in the community and we're the ed people that are supposed to be educating these people. So what I see is that. People need to start communicating that they have these options, that they have these offers, that the, the, what's really happening is people are confused. All of the marketing, all of the advertising, all of the homeowners are bam, 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 ad, 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 right? So, so it, think about who you are as a persona, who you are as a brand, and take a step back from that and say, hey, guys, I understand how to do everything that you're being inundated with, and my kid goes to your soccer game. So let's have a conversation when you're ready to um, sell your house. And so we use data to figure out who we should put our messages in front of when. Right. And and, and that's what I would probably advise a realtor to do is, is, is pick a market niche and, and start hitting it from an approach of, of, who am I as a realtor? What can I stand out as a realtor? You know, if you're that good looking one, or if you're an older realtor and you, you relate well to the older population, right? So whatever your niche is, find the data that you can go after and find the people that are going to sell. I'll tell an interesting statistic. Um, it was it was an article that came out maybe six or nine months ago, but 70% of real estate is expected to turn in the next 20 years due to old age. So, so that's There's so many transactions that have to happen in in the market coming soon. So figure out how you can relate to the population that you are comfortable working with and make it happen.
0: Let's talk about marketing uh, really quick. And then um, we'll get this wrapped up. So how would you market? Um, We beat that up. So if you guys don't, um understand what we just talked about um re-watch this or watch the webinar we have online we'll direct it to you at the end of the show or you could visit listingadvocate.com and sign up for the free training and you can see a webinar we go into through it in more depth but um let's talk about how you market it because you could really do this in two different ways right um i believe that you should i think everyone needs a multiple options that's why we built the damn program but um it's how you market it where people are going to be different um you could honestly just adapt having some of these um programs in your off in your offering and you don't need to go out there and start lead generating or buying data and all that you're just gonna become more referable uh, for the same reason a restaurant with really good food does so when people go out to eat at a restaurant they're like holy shit that food was the bomb the first thing they do is they tell their friends about it well when you help someone sell their house for like 80 grand more than what it was worth when you first met them trust me they're gonna go run out and tell everybody about it so don't think like you have to go out and be like, oh, I got to go start sending direct mail and do this and get this guy, get this guy. You could just adapt the program into your business because you're, you're just going to have a much better offering period, right? You just look better than what you do. You want to have the best food on the block. And that's basically what we're talking about. It's your menu of services. It's what you do differently. It's why people should hire you. But yeah. if I wanted to go out and be like Dustin, well then fuck yeah, I'm going to go lead gen. Like I'm going to go out and buy data. And then I'm going to pick out a couple different things, but let's talk about if you're going to lead gen with this, you have to have a cash buyer. Why sure. is
1: that? For sure. Well, so when when we're generating leads, uh, the the cash investor offer, the people that want that cash investor offer, that's worth more to me than a traditional listing for many, many, many reasons, right? So I, I think that a realtor would look at it the same way is that if you can find the motivation, the distressed motivation, then you might be able to double end the, the listing, right? If you have that ma and pa investor, if you had the end user investor that's building a portfolio in your local market, then, you know, God bless it if you could take a 6% commission because you had the buyer and you had the seller, and that would be very fair, And it'd basically be the same thing as a wholesaler. Everyone knows what wholesalers are now. People are hating wholesalers right now, right? And so all those guys are doing are coming up and creating convenience for these home sellers. And they're going Wholesalers are Wholesalers
0: are real estate agents without a fiduciary duty and a license. That's a good way to put it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these wholesalers are winning in the mode in the real in the motivated seller space. They're beating realtors left and right, and left and right, and left and right. And realtors would love to figure out how to grab some of that business. So that's basically what we do: is we use data and and, and on the channel marketing, all those buzzwords, right? Uh, to to communicate with people that are more likely to sell, and then we try to put the right offer in front of them. So. We do that in expensive ways and inexpensive ways. So, you know, it's uh, it, making outbound calls out of, uh, you know, a, a, um, an expat that used to live in the United States that now lives in Mexico that you might be able to hire between a little 11, let's say nine and $13 an hour, depending on the quality. Uh, let's you go, let's break people. it
0: down in detail. Um, so, here's what Dustin, I want to give him more meat. Here, you, okay. Dustin buy well, Dustin owns a data company. So, he gets a list of data absentee owners, high stress, people who are most likely to sell. That's what data is. You have to, It'd be no differently than me getting a list of expired and canceled guys. So let's just put it in there. But instead I would, I would never call a list of expires and canceled. I'd much rather call the motivated seller list because um, there's a reason they're expired and canceled. Um, the second thing I'm going to do is then pick which marketing systems I'm going to do. So we could take the data. Once you have the data, now you can put your advertisements in front of them. And Dustin's talking about a multitude of channels, omnipresent marketing more yeah. or less. So having a direct mail campaign going, having a text message campaign going, having Facebook ads going, having, um, Uh, what am I missing? A cold caller actually following up on the same people that are seeing your messages all over the place. Right. So it's a little bit of all of those things at one time. And for those of you that listen, Instagram
1: with custom audiences, we're going to, we're going to rattle them off again, one real quick. So, um, you have the mailers. You have SMS. You have cold calls. You have email. You can you can cold email, um, and then you have the Facebook and Instagram. and And we like custom audiences because uh, you know Facebook and Instagram and Google recently, especially with fair housing, got rid of a lot of the capability to filter through and 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 use targeting in your audience audiences. So using data allows you to get directly to that audience. And so we're just using each one of those channels to figure out which offer works in which channel. It's simple as that.
0: The person who's seen the most is the one given into first guys. That's why you have to do it. Some people will respond, um, through different ways. So like maybe grandma's not on Facebook, but a uh, little Billy is. Right. So you don't know, but you got to take multiple options. Um, we could do a whole podcast on this. Actually, matter of fact, we should do that for the next one. We'll do a how to market motivated sellers because we could speak on 30 minutes, 40 minutes on this stuff and we wouldn't even be scratching the surface. And it's but, my
1: favorite topic. <laughs>
0: yeah. D- Dustin, you wouldn't have anyone a uh, better person to ask? So I, let's post this. Let's hold this off to next week's show. Uh, we'll do another one. And then if you guys like what you heard here today, you could come back uh, next week and learn how we market it. But uh, there's nothing to market unless you first have the offer right? So you have to put the, uh, uh, what's it, the cart before the horse or whatever the saying is.
1: Yeah. Don't uh, put the it, cart before the don't horse. Put the, right? Do so, the other
0: way. So the other way around, put the horse before so the cart.
1: Skimming <laughs> through them, the, the reverse mortgage, the fix and list, the trade in the cash offer. Those are all basically the same deals. They're all asset based lending. It's all someone coming in with money and using their money, which cause they have more than the homeowner to solve some of these complicated problems and they're charging for it. Right? So Think about it from that perspective. You're doing the exact same thing. Instead of you're the realtor who's just bringing in the correct positioning to solve that problem.
0: Back in the day, there used to be this thing called a bridge loan. Um, mm-hmm. They don't do them anymore, right? But no,
1: what commercial, loan, they do, commercial, commercial they do. Then commercial they do. Not in so- residential.
0: So, and it used to be a really popular thing, right? And it was, it was a solution-based thing. This is what these are. This is just like having six different bridge loan type products. Exactly so um, if you guys uh, like more information on what we heard there today, take the training, it's on our website. We have a, a course, we are um, discounting it for the first couple of weeks that we're out there. But uh, if you really like what you heard here today, I encourage you to go visit our website at listingadvocate.com. That's L-I-S-T-I-N-G-A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E, listingadvocate.com. And uh, we will, uh, you'll see everything we have there. And um, if you just resonated, I mean, take it. You have to do something. And um, whether you're going to take our training or you're going to do something, do something. Take someone's training, do something. Just don't have just one plan. Because if you do, what the fuck's the difference between you and everybody else? Dustin, any closing thoughts?
1: No, I've, I've always, that's funny that you say don't have one plan. So every conversation I've had with any of our realtors at Sterling, it's always three. So like the football player is attacking athletes. The football player is attacking where he lives and he's doing YouTube, right? So YouTube, it's high <laughs> risk. Football. So you I like how you guys so, call him
0: the football, the good looking football player. We guys just call him the football
1: player. <laughs> and so, and so he's using those three channels because YouTube is high risk, but he's a good looking guy. So he should get his face out there. Right. He lives in a neighborhood. He can relate to the person because he lives in that neighborhood. Right. And then his circle of trust from the, the sports network. And so when you take those three prong approaches and you attack it uh, properly, you know, then then you will win on one of them. And then you just double down on what's working. Yep. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening to the other show. Uh, Dustin, thanks for coming today. And folks, thanks thank for you for me. listening. Um, if you have any additional questions, visit us at realestatemarketingdude.com. We script, edit, and distribute your video content for you. If you like this show a lot and you'd like to see our other uh, business, which is listingadvocate.com, That is going to be what we talked about today. How do you create a multiple option seller solution? It's all the training, the listing presentation, the tools, Dustin's uh, marketing systems, his swipe files, the exact emails he uses, the exact text messages he uses, and then even the service providers that use it for him. So all you got to do is call him up and you can plug and play and run right in there and start being like Dustin tomorrow. (laughs)
1: Uh, I encourage everyone. Here we are. (laughs) All
0: right, guys, we appreciate you. We'll see you on next week's episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure you connect with us on social. Leave us a review. Uh, Hit us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook.